This is On The Radar, and as always, it's Radar, and I talk about local national sports, but this time, this is the 2023 NL Central Preview. Looking for the American League Preview of all three divisions? Check out On The Radar, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Google, or Spotify, or the links will be posted on on the radarmedia.com, my Twitter handle, Radar4428. And in general, check out my written preview on ontheradarmedia.com or at the blogger account, Radar4428. And this is all going to be about the National League Central. And the way the National League Central this year is going to break down is that the Cardinals and the Brewers both have good enough teams to win the division or make the playoffs. While the Reds, who last year were purposely trying to lose and they were dismantling their team right and left, and we all the Pirates have been a forever rebuild since those few years of McCutcheon making the playoffs, that a little least the Cubs right in the middle to be in the middle ground. There's nothing wrong with being in middle ground. You're either not good enough to make the playoffs or not good enough to tank. That's what this really this whole division is. The Brewers were one of the most disappointing teams last year because on paper, their rotation and before the trade of Josh Hader, they had a two-headed bullpen monster with him and Devin Williams. They're like, okay, their pitching staff is great. Something happened. The Cardinals seem to be like the Tampa Bay Rays. They seem to just pull stuff out of their butts. They call up some hot prospect that they got that will fill one hole in the outfield or the hole in the infield or to be their fifth starter or this flamethrower out of the bullpen. But they always literally seem to find something, and they always get some veteran to just fill in a little hole here and there over the uh, time of history. Now, Yadi Molina announces retirement this year, and I was like, He's still good enough as a defensive catcher. I don't know if he's still good offensively to to retire. But literally, he's like, nah, I'm done. Albert Pujols came back on a one year just to end his career with them. Okay, fine. So they're like, what are we going to do with catcher? There are rumors they're going to make a bunch of trades and all this other stuff. So they went out and signed Wilson Contreras to a multi-year deal. And the gut punches, they stole him from the Cubs, who made a mistake in years past and not trading Rizzo Bryant by a and other players before, like, they lost complete value. So they literally, you know, don't get the full value they would potentially get for, you know, Wilson Contreras that you would get if you traded him when he has multiple years left on his deal. He's, you know, one of the best catchers in baseball. There's some people that are like, nah, he's not good defensively. He's not good offensively. He's only good offensively. He's still a two-way catcher. He's a three-time All-Star. And he's only just 30 now. And with a catching situation, he could probably play for another five, six years and still be quality at that position like Molina. So they literally just solved, bam, one issue. Okay? The other issue is uh, one of my favorites, Paul DeYoung, somehow has lost the ability to hit. So he's been demoted in the last few seasons. Tommy Edmond, the super utility guy who was playing second base, outfield, and he slid over to shortstop. And he may not be a great shortstop, but he's a great contact hitter, and he should be the one at the top of the lineup. That's another story. He most likely will start the year as shortstop because on the Cardinals roster is youngsters Brendan Donovan and Nolan Gorman, who can play second base, and they could play shorts, and they could play third base, and they've also had experience playing in the outfield. And that's where you're like, okay, so we'll go young there and let Paul DeYoung fiddle things out, figure things out in the minor leagues, and at third base. They literally have one of the best players in all of baseball, Nolan Arenado, two-way player. And Goldschmidt just won the MVP last year in the National League. So he, again, also a two-way player. And the two of them are what should be their third and four hitters. The question mark will be is Tyler O'Neill, who 
had a down year offensively. And I felt that was also because they had him playing a lot of center field due to Harrison Bader's injury and them trading Harrison Bader to the Yankees. And I was like, what? Do you guys not remember that in previous seasons, Dylan Carlson, when he wasn't an everyday player for this team, that he was the fill-in center fielder for Bader when he was injured and they had other guys in the outfield that were on the roster? I guess, like, people forget that. And he's not bad defensively being a center fielder by trade. Tyler O'Neill may have played some center field on Canada because Canada is a World Baseball Classic. Things get a little out of whack where teams play and do stuff. But I think the key to Tyler O'Neill having a full season of the offense production that he's used to having will be better suited when he's the everyday left fielder with some at-bats at DH because he's only 27 years old and literally... He had a down year. Obviously, his breakout year was in 2021. He had 34 home runs and the pandemic year. You never know what a full season he would have had with the statistics that he had in that short period of time. But that's what I'm thinking. Now, the reports that he's going to start the year in center field, I don't know what they're doing there. Sorry, young manager Oliver Marmel. That's not a great decision. And the other thing is, Lars Newtbar is probably going to get the first opportunity to be the everyday right fielder, which makes sense. Because he's a young, great offensive player. But he also played center field on Japan's team. Which I didn't obviously know he was Japanese. But that's the option there. I'd rather Newbar or Carlson play it. So so that Tyler O'Neill can focus on being that number 5 hitter in the lineup. That has Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. That's where I'm like, that's what you need. And they still got Juan Yepes. Who last year as a rookie played pretty well offensively. Playing the corner infield and the corner outfield as well, but he supposedly didn't make the roster because they, it looks like they want to give the full opportunity of Gorman and Donovan to play on a regular basis, which is totally fine. Alec Burleson will be the fourth outfielder. And Taylor Motter, who's been around the block since he last was in St. Louis, makes the team as backup infielder number one. And that's a good thing because he's a good defensive player. What's really going to happen when it comes to the Cardinals pitching staff is it's a little weak in terms of thin. It's thin. Miles Mikolas has been an all-star. Adam Wainwright had a surprisingly healthy season last year, which is why he came back to pitch again this year and pitched for Team USA along with Mikolas. Now, basically, he hurt himself while lifting weights. So he probably is going to miss a little bit of the start of the season. So that's what I'm saying. It's a little fragile. Nicolas, if you all know, remember some injuries and the fact that he had to go overseas to become a, a a better pitcher. And they have Steven Matz. And as a Mets fan, I know this dude can't stay healthier for a full season. And Jack Flaherty, who was supposedly one of the best pitchers in all of baseball just a few years ago, he's also battled injuries. So what it really comes down to is who's the most reliable guy. And that actually became Jordan Montgomery, the guy, the pitcher they got from the Yankees, who was an afterthought on the Yankees rotation. To, play, to take Bader. So a little bit of a hole in center field defensively, which is the Cardinals are fine with because they got all these options to throw out there. But it's turned out to be a good thing because Jordan Montgomery pitched really well for them last year, and that's going to help them. I don't understand what's going on with Jordan Hicks and Dakota Hudson. They both were top pitching prospects for the Cardinals. And the Cardinals at some points when their rotation has been full of uh, the whole rotation's full, they take these young pitching prospects and they throw them in the bullpen and ask them to throw like 100 miles per hour and let it all out on one inning every other day instead of, you know, trying to conserve it for five innings at a time, you know, over, uh, you know, five times, you know, every five days. 
So I don't know what's going on with them because, you know, if there's injuries or issues, you think, well, Hicks or Hudson would come in. Well, we don't really know if we have a closer because Alex Reyes was so good in 2021. And then, of course, again, top pitching prospect as a starting pitcher who they may have thought they were going to stretch out and go back gets hurt. He's not the he's not the closer. And you're just like, what? So if he's not the closer and they let him go in free agency, they got actually kind of lucky that because when you're a winning team and you're winning a lot of games, if some guy's just shutting it down in the ninth inning, he doesn't have to be premier. That was Ryan Helsey. But Ryan Helsey is not like a household name. He has easy guys the Cardinals have had and just sitting in the bullpen. So I'm not sure if he's a repeat closer, but you're just like, okay. They got swing guy Chris Stratton, who they got in a trade last year. That's not scaring anybody. And Jenethis Cabrera and Giovanni Gallego are like, you know, incumbent guys who have pitch pressure innings for them, but one of them, you know, Cabrera's not making the team, so then it's like, well, we got less guys, because also they said Hicks is not making the team, I mean, uh, Hudson's making the team, so I'm like, that's the question, is the thinness of this rotation with guys with injury concerns and age, and then the bullpen actually being, you know, the actual, is it good enough on paper? Now, they have Drew Verhagen around, which is a good enough organizational depth to start, but I'd rather it be Hudson or Hicks. And when it comes to minor league signings that I could see here, Andrew Suarez and Cody Whitley are the only pitchers I noticed that actually have experience. And they brought in Oscar Mercado, the former Cleveland and Philly outfielder. Look again, good defensive outfielder, but just not a great hitter. And they also announced at some point that Jordan Walker, they're one of their top prospects in outfielder. Because literally this guy just comes in and uh, would feel this He's literally a guy. The question will be, uh, is he going to take away at bats from Lars Nupar and Tommy and uh, Tommy Edmond or Nolan Gorman or Brennan Donovan or Tyler O'Neill, Or is he going to play center field and Dylan Carlson is going to be a backup? That's where I'm not so sure about with what they plan on doing there. Because if you look at the minor leagues, it says that Jordan Walker is a right fielder, center fielder, and third baseman. So what I'm looking at is I don't really know if his defense is quality enough at whatever position that he needs. Because it says he had four career starts, literally 12, 12 career starts in center field, 146 at third base, four in left field, and 37 in right field. So a little bit of slim pickings, and I know they wanted to be on the team, but Nolan Arnato's handling third base. That's where it's going to be interesting. Now then, the Brewers, who I mentioned were one of the most disappointing teams last year, it's the complete opposite of the Cardinals. They don't seem to have the guys that can just come in and fill it in when there's a hole or an issue. But on the flip side, they have the best rotation, I think, out of most teams in the National League. Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta are all-star pitchers, and Corbin Burns is a Cy Young winner. That's their top three. They went and got Wade Miley, who's been a career backup pitcher, like back-end pitcher, who just eats innings. And when he's healthy, him eating 200 innings a year is really quality at the back-end. And Eric Lauer has been pretty good at when they since they got him. Adrian Hauser also himself has been good, but he's going to be moving to the bullpen because obviously Wade Miley does it. So on paper, one through six, really good. And even though they traded, you know, Josh Hader because of salary and all this other stuff, and they got prospects back. Devin Williams 
has been a great all-star setup man. The question is for a full season, is he going to be the all-star closer? Now, Javi Guerra, Joel Pompeius, they've been around the block, and Matt Bush has certainly been around the block. But nothing in this bullpen really screams amazing after the closer. So that's the problem there. They may have an all-star caliber closer, but what happens there? So we're like, okay, picking staff seems to be good. What's up with this team? Well, last year they had Omar Navarro as well. This year, even though Victor Caratini and Alex Jackson are still around, they got William Contreras, who finally the Atlanta Braves gave him a full season to start instead of going with veterans, and he proved to be an all-star. Him and Darno being the other team was still a mystery how both of them made it when he was replacing Darno. But they, I think, upgraded offensively in William Contreras. question is, did they upgrade def- uh, defensively? Now, having Victor Caratini as a backup is a quality backup because he can start for other teams. And they still got, obviously, Rowdy Tellez in the middle of the lineup. And Willie Adamas hopefully will be batting leadoff. And they supposedly have Kristen Yelich and Jesse Winker and Brian Anderson in the middle of the lineup. The thing is that I don't understand with this team is that it says on the roster that Luis Urias is listed as the everyday third baseman and guys like Bersaro, Owen Miller are obviously backups and Brian Anderson is listed as the backup and there's Bryce Turain, who's younger than my brother, so he's like 24 years old, I think. No one's ever heard of this guy. If you're really serious about making the playoffs, slide Luis Urias to second base because he's a middle infielder and he's also played every position possible, but he's also haven't been healthy most of his career. And let Brian Anderson, for God's sakes, let him play third base. The Marlins kept throwing him in the outfield. He's not an outfielder, okay? And the other issue is if Tyrone Taylor's going to start the year injured, if that's the reason why you want to put Brian Anderson in the outfield, it's really stupid. It, you let Tyrone Taylor play center field, you play Kristen Yelich in right field, and you play Jesse Winker in left field, and then you DH Luke Voigt. I don't understand adding Luke Voigt to the roster because you're afraid you're going to lose him if he's not going to be your full-time DH, and Jesse Winker's not going to be a full-time left fielder. And it's just like, they're, I don't know what they're doing there because they're going with Garrett Mitchell guy who no one's ever heard of again in center field, which obviously makes no sense. Okay, because they traded away Colton Wong, which was a mistake, which is why they have an issue with second base. But my other question is, if you're, I would only have a problem with you not playing Brian Anderson at third base and Uriah second base if Abraham Turo, who figured it out offensively with Seattle the past few seasons once being traded from Houston, is literally going to be your third baseman. But they're, they're, I don't know what they're doing here. What's Craig Council's thinking? We're going to demote Abraham Turo. We're going to give utility men like Brissaro, Owen Miller roster spots. We're going to have Luke Voigt on the roster, but he's not going to be the everyday DH because we want Winker to be the everyday DH and then throw Brian Anderson in the outfield he's not an outfielder and play this Bryce Trey Young and Garrett Mitchell. That's the thing. Is The offense is really going to hinder them because Christian Yelich has been missing. The former MVP who could have won a second MVP until he got hurt the last month. The gold glove, the silver slugger, the all-star, the batting title, all the accolades that Christian Yelich has accumulated since joining the league. Something has happened. He, I don't know what has happened to him. He's completely fallen off the cliff, and he's supposed to be the best player. He's supposed to be in the middle lineup. Not the stupid pit, stupidity of him batting leadoff for a second someday. Literally, if he, Jesse Winker, Rowdy Tellez, and Luke Voigt, and William Contreras is the heart of your lineup, and your center fielder... And your shortstop and your second base are, you know, the top and the bottom of the lineup. It's a good lineup there, but it's not a great lineup. And again, when it comes to their minor league signings, Alec Claudio is a good lefty specialist. And we know that J.C. Mejia, Thomas Payne, and Colin Ray and Robert Schock and the Thago Vieira have been around the block. But again, none of that helps out their bullpen. 
And signing Eddie Alvarez, Josh Van Meter, and John Singleton minor league deals, or Sky Bolt, or Tyler Naquin, or Monty Harrison. The only thing that would make sense is if Tyler Naquin made the roster and you had him play right field because he's a good outfielder. So that's what the question is. What are they doing in the outfield lineup with Kristen Yelich? How's the infield lining up? You're going to throw Brian Anderson back on the outfield. Why having Luke Boyd on your roster? Outside of Devin Williams, their bullpen isn't as solid as you think it is. It's really the rotation. That's where it falls into this. That's problem there. That Their offense is the question marks, which is probably why a lot of people don't have them making the playoffs. They haven't finished it in place because the AL East is a, the NL East, excuse me, is supposedly three deep, and the NL West is two deep, which kind of takes away from other teams. Now we're going to get to the Cubs. I'm a White Sox fan. I was raised to root for the White Sox, hate the Twins, the Tigers, the Royals, and the Indians back then, and hate the Yankees because no one likes them. And then there's all the tales of facing Tampa Bay in recent years, Toronto or Oakland or Baltimore in their ballparks, and in Anaheim. It's just not going well. So there's that. My mom being a Mets fan, not a huge fan of Atlanta, Philly, Miami, or Washington. I don't hate the Cubs. I just don't care for them. Really, that's what I have to tell you. But the Cubs literally decided, you know what? We screwed up with not getting compensation for all of our key guys when we won the World Series. So we have to build back up. But with two teams better than them in the front and two teams at the back, they're still going to be in the middle despite all the moves they made. So I can give them credit. Like you could say, well, the White Sox barely did anything, but the Cubs go, you know what? We're going to go ahead and we're going to do a bunch. So last year they get Marcus Stroman, a real ace. So Kyle Hendricks, who's been a little bit of injury plague the last few years, not so great since, you know, they were a playoff team. And let's keep Drew Smiley on the roster and let's, let's pick up Jameson Tyone. Tyone and Drew Smiley, we all know they're not number one. Strowman's not really number one, but if you take Strowman, Smiley, Tyone, and Kyle Hendricks, that's a nice solid four to get you through the season. And literally they had an open competition for the fifth spot between Justin Steele, Edward Alizoe, Keegan Thompson, Javier Asset, and Hayden Wisniewski. So if the, if the only question mark is who's your fifth starter, that's not a bad work for David Roth. What really it comes down to is Michael Fulmer, the former Tigers pitcher who, are, who most people thought could still be a starting pitcher, but the Tigers said no, and he's been a reliever the last few years. And Brad Boxberg, who hasn't been healthy in years. And Julian Merriweather, who's been around the block. And this Brandon Hughes guy's like, it's not really shouting good bullpen. I, this is still going to be a question mark how good their bullpen is. Now, we we talked about Wilson Contreras leaving them. Well, they still had Jan Gomes on the roster, who at some point has been a star in this league, but he's more of a backup. So they went and got Tucker Barnard, who also is more of a backup. So they're going to go with two backup catchers, which is fine to get them through the season because they have a good pitching staff. And they literally decided, you know what? Even though Patrick Wisdom is a natural-born first baseman, we're going to get gold, former Gold Glover Eric Hosmer, and Trey Mancini just won the World Series with the Astros. They're going to be pretty much the first base DH combination, which is fine. That improves the clubhouse you know, culture, getting two well-respected veterans to lead the club, and they can try to get Mancini and Hathmer can try to get their value back up for them to become a better free agent target next for other teams. And instead of them getting... Bogart's a great offensive player. Trey Turner, a great offensive player. Pretty good defensive player. Speedy top-of-the-order guy. Or getting Carlos Correa, who's a two-way player. They literally settled on Dancy Swanson because his wife plays soccer, and she literally was there. I, he's on a top-five shortstop because you still got to remember you got Francisco Lindor in this, in this league, okay? You still have Corey Seager in the AL West. Jeremy Pena is on, exploded onto the scene. You still got Tim Anderson of the White Sox, Javi Baez of the Tigers, Bobby Witt is up and coming. 
Trevor Story's going to come back and be healthy the way he was. And Bo Bichette is a good player. So there's literally a gluttony of other shortstops that would say that <coughs> excuse me, that he's not the, the top five shortstop or the best shortstop. So you're, a lot of times you're like, well, maybe they're settling. Well, it's it's you can settle on a lot worse players. He literally is a good defensive shortstop. He figured out a little bit offensively as the former high draft pick of the, of the Diamondbacks that Atlanta got. So what that does is that gives him like a star at shortstop. But what it does is push Nico Horner to second base and the likes of Christian Mor- Christopher Morell and Nick Madrigal to bench roles or literally the minor leagues because those guys have the, the ability and the talent to be everyday players. And then at third base, they don't even want to give Bodie the job. They're going to hopefully be smart enough and give it to Edwin Rios, a very talented offensive player with the Dodgers. Who just hasn't been healthy and the Dodgers didn't have root from a third base and the dude was playing outfield. So they literally improved the fact that if Rios is your third baseman, Swanson's at short, Horner's a second base, and Hosmer Mancini's a first base or DH, you literally improved your lineup there. Ian Happ leased this outfield as the all-star left fielders, won a gold glove. Say Suzuki had a, didn't have the amazing rookie season they're supposed to have, but hopefully he improves and they got a great right fielder going forward. The question will be center field because Ian Happ used to play center field, but they don't seem that interested in playing in center field. Wisdom is not an outfielder, so that'd be dumb to play him in the outfield. Trey Mancini's not an outfielder. Those days are over. And I don't want to see Nick Madrigal get hurt playing the outfield. And Christopher Morell, who has experience playing the outfield, they, he decided he wants to go down to AAA. So they go inside Cody Bellinger again. He's a rebound category because he hasn't been good in years he hasn't been healthy and I kept saying this for years if he's not going to give you anything offensively you're going to bat him eighth or not the line the Dodgers were doing stop playing him in center field he's not a center fielder he's a first baseman by trade who's somewhat been a good enough outfielder to pass so they're really banking on bounce back years from Rios Bellinger Hosmer Mancini and Suzuki that's the problem they're bullpen again the minor league options of Borecki Nick Birdie Ronace Elias, Anthony K, Mark Leiter Jr., Vinny Tioli, Eric Stout. Those are all guys who, those are basically AAA depth. Tyler Duffy is the one that's interesting because he, like Michael Fulmer, was a longtime starting pitcher for the Twins, you know, Tigers for Fulmer, that they just made it to a reliever, and he's been doing that. I feel like he should be in this bullpen because he's got more experience. They signed Dom Nunes to minor league deal, so they got some depth of catcher. And literally, Sergio Alcantara is back with them. Bodie's on the minor leagues with them. And this Chase Strump dude has been on the block. But Matt Mervis and Jared Young, who played it in the World Baseball Classic for their respective teams, were on minor league deal. And Ben Laduzio. And Mike Talkman is a good offensive player, but he, there's no way he's really going to make this team because there's no room. Then we're going to get to the last two teams, it's the Reds and the Pirates. As I mentioned, the Reds are not trying to really win and that's really evident by the fact that they have a lot of holes and a lot of question marks on their team but it's their pitching staff that is way better potential than the Pirates. Hunter Green is supposed to be one of the best pitching prospects in baseball when he came up and he has been healthy but his potential along with young young pitchers Ashcraft and, and, and Lodolo and potentially Justin Dunn who's a leftover from a previous trade and Luis Sessa who they finally woke up and said huh this guy should be starting. He should not be wasting innings of reliever. And Luke Weaver, who they signed, I don't know if he's going to make the team out of the spring training, if he's hurt or whatever it is, 
but literally he was a quality mid to back rotation guy for Arizona until they literally had a five-man rotation had no room for him, so they bumped him to the bullpen for a year and a half. Then he went to Kansas City, and Kansas City didn't even start him. So I'm just happy that he gets an opportunity to start because he should be starting. And I'll suppose he had to win Diaz's brother, Alexis Diaz, is the closer of the Reds with Lucas Sims, TJ Andante, Ian Gabbard, and Tony Santlin, and Buck Farmer, who's been around the block, and the River St. Martin, who throws really hard. Vladimir Gutierrez, unfortunately, is hurt. But guys like Derek Law, Silvio Branchino, and Joe Kuno has been around the block. So, again, their pitch is a little bit better than the Pirates. And Tyler Stevenson, I feel bad for him. He's been snake bitting. He's got concussions, injuries right and left. He's a good enough catcher in this league. And they also went really hard into backup catchers. They have Kirk Casale, Luke Malley, and they had a role mine in camp. They literally had three quality backup catchers who have spent significant time on major league roster. That's what they're going with. So they're like, well, if Stevenson's hurt, we're all good. Well, Joey Votto's still on the team, but my suggestion is make Joey Votto the DH. Let the Spencer Steer dude, who's played first base, second base, third base, just become the everyday first baseman because Votto's going to be done with baseball. He's like 39. Okay. Let Will Myers play right field because you're gonna need you're gonna need a power bat in the outfield and he's better suited to play right field than he is center field, obviously. And that Jonathan India is still gonna be your second baseman, which is totally fine. And they realized that the whole Suarez experiment and the Kyle Farmer experiment, guys who are not shortstop, should not be playing shortstop. That they're like we're gonna give our young pit player Jose Barrero an opportunity to play every day, and we're gonna give Kyle Newman, the Pirates' former shortstop who became the second baseman, the full opportunity to play second to play shortstop. And they brought in former Orioles player Richie Martin. So they're like, we got three actual shortstops, and and one of them's going to play every day, and the other one will be a useful backup. So they at least decided they improved on that. The issue is Jake Fraley, the former Mariners outfielder, is a great defensive outfielder. There's TJ Friedel has proven he can play a good outfield. they got Will Benson who can play the outfield. Like Those are all like nice center field options. You would think that, based on the fact that they're all nice center field options, you would play them in center field and get whatever offensive value you can at the bottom of the lineup and let Will Myers play right field, and then you let Nick Senzel, who we've been over this, is not an outfielder by trade. He's a middle infielder by trade, but they literally decided to move on to different shortstop options, and they also literally have Jonathan in second base. So my suggestion of moving Spencer Steer to first base, Will Myers to right field, and Joey Vidal to DH would open up third base for Nick Senzel. I want him to play second base or shortstop, but you let him play third base. Maybe he'll actually keep him healthy from getting injured. I don't know if all the injuries are a correlation of him playing the outfield, getting hurt out there, but it would take a lot of pressure off him to make his defense spectacular playing center field with him playing short third base, which is the natural position. So that's like my modest proposal is if your depth chart listens fairly in Votto at DH, just do it. Just make Votto the full-time DH, Will Myers the full-time right fielder, Make either Fairley, Friedel, or Will Benson the full-time center fielder and the other two the backups. And maybe you play Nixon down in left field to take all the pressure off him playing left field. Or the novel idea is put him back in the infield and let him play third base. Those are the two best ideas. Okay, that really what it is is you want to get what you can out of the value of Nixon Zell, who is a talented player, one of my favorite guys. Met him, got his autograph. Nice guy. Like his best value is just put him in left field. Plug him at the top of the lineup with Jonathan India or let him play third base. And anything that might only do like Chase Anderson, that'll be good organizational depth because he can start a relief for you. And I already mentioned the likes of Silvino Bracho, Duarte. They got Teron Guerrero, Derek Law, Kevin Hergert, Ben Lively. These are all guys that's organizational depth. And as I mentioned, Richie Martin is an option. They still got Matt Reynolds. Again, utility guy. 
should not be getting everyday bats. Jason Vossler is a quad A guy. And Henry Ramos is a good fourth outfielder. Now we go to the Pirates, who also have an issue when it comes to their alignment and what they're going to do. And the issue with them is that Brian Reynolds requested a trade, and they've wanted to trade him for uh, the last two seasons. He has been battled some injuries. People say that he's a good enough center fielder. I'm like, dude, it's that whole Malcolm Gladwell thing I, that people keep saying. If you work at something for many hours, like the Beatles playing in all those pubs, for all those hours and hours and end until they like literally got great at this, that, that Brian Reynolds is a passable enough center fielder, but he literally his first couple of years in the big league was playing left field. He's not a center fielder. He should be playing left field for another team because they're not going anywhere. So that Jack Sawinski, for example, young guy on their team, can literally play center field every day and get an opportunity to play every day instead of the him potentially being on the bench. They got youngsters Cal Mitchell. They got the Kanan Smith, Nick Bugia. They have this Travis Swaggerty who played a lot of innings for them last year and this Ryan Valide on their 40-man roster. And you're like, you know what? Between Mitchell, Nambia, Swaggerty, Valade, you got enough left field or right field options because then you can literally play you could play Sawinski in center field, and he's an everyday player. But what also complicates matters is is that they went inside Andrew McCutcheon, who should be DHing because he's at that point of his career. But guess what? That's not going to happen because they went out and said, you know, at one point we had Lou and Diaz off waivers. That didn't work out. That we go out and get Connor Joe again, a first baseman by trade, who the Rockies sometimes played in the outfield because they had injuries. They also went and got... Carlos Santana and G-Man Choi. G-Man Choi has been a great defensive player, good clubhouse guy, but at one point in his career, he's bouncing around from team to team, and then all of a sudden when Tampa Bay became so lovable and that he had to be an everyday major leaguer. Well, Carlos Santana, we know he was one of the better offensive catchers when he came up in this league, and he's been a first baseman DH, and he's still a good enough player that you're going to want his bat in the lineup even at age 36, and that last year he hit 19 home runs. You know what? Almost 20 home runs in a season is not bad. So literally, there's no room to play all three of these guys at once unless you put Santana or G-Man Choi at DH, the other one at first base, and you play Connor Joe in left field, and then you still have Reynolds center field, McCutcheon right field. So all your young outfielders like Sawinski, they don't get to play every day. So that's literally stupidity there. Second base, because they went on and traded uh, you know, Kevin Newman to the Reds, their choices are Rodolfo Castro and Jiwon Bay, who are more like utility guys more than everyday guys. So that's still a question mark. Third base and shortstop is set. Once O'Neill Cruz came up, he's the guy at shortstop. Key Brian Hayes, every year gets better offensively and defensively, and their left side of the infield, you don't got to worry about that for years. The issue will be, are you going to continue to back Key Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds out of the lineup when they're literally your two best offensive players? And even though you got Santana, G-Man Choi, Connor Joe, and Andrew McCutcheon, those are literally your two best offensive players to run production guys. That's what you should be doing. Catcher, they signed this Roto Pro West guy last year. He got her, he missed all the year. And they literally went to like four or five catchers. So for them, signing Austin Edges, who's a good defensive catcher, you bat ninth, is what they're going for. It's not great. It's not amazing. But again, as I said, they're not really trying to win. And they're keeping Tyler Heineman on a minor league deal. They got Henry Davis. They got the Jason Del- Delay dude. They're not trying. And it comes to anybody else. They have utility man Chris Owens, but I don't know if he's making the team. That would be a guy I would try to give a batch to a second base. And Miguel and Duhar, I'd also see if he could play second base because literally he's been playing the outfield. He's not an outfielder. 
Now, when it comes to the pitching staff, which is why I, I put the Reds ahead, is because Mitch Keller is their ace. He wouldn't be an ace on most teams. JT Brudeber at number two won't be number two on most teams. Vince Velasquez, who I, pitched, who I saw with the White Sox, literally lost his job in the rotation because he wasn't that effective and was a long relief guy. And Rich Hill is like 47 years old. He's totally on his last legs. And Yoan Avadio was an extra scratch pitcher the Cardinals gave them. So literally relying on a 47-year-old, the guy lost his rotation spot, two ant pitchers and one potential. That's where I'm like, you know what? This rotation is not good. Rich Hill and Velasquez, if they pitch well enough like Quintana did for the Pirates last year, he'll get traded like Chris Stratton did. David Bednar came out of nowhere and became the closer because they don't have a closer, and you need someone to get 30-40 safe. So that's the lock there. Chase DeYoung, Dwayne Underwood are still there. Jarlin Garcia, they've been around the block. So was starting pitcher Robert Stevenson. So they got guys who have started games that are pitching out of the bullpen, and then you got the Will Crow situation where I'm literally telling you, they do the starting pitcher. You get much more value starting him than him being a reliever. But on paper, eh, the bullpen's okay. So that's really what's going to happen here with the Pirates is that yeah, in a minor league deal, they actually did sign Tyler Chatwood. I didn't realize that. But the only situation that this guy pitches is if they trade somebody, someone gets hurt. And then Angel Perdomo's been around the block. So is Caleb Smith, Daniel Zamora, and Rob Zasninski. But yeah, literally, the the NL Central is going to go exactly the same way they did last year. Cardinals are probably going to win this division. The Brewers, unless their offense wakes up, despite having a great pitching staff, they're going to finish second place. The Cubs are going to be stuck in the middle because they're not better than the Brewers or the Cardinals. And the Reds made some improvements and their young rotation is going to get better and better and better and whatnot. And the Pirates are still not trying, but still, it's going to be Resident Pirates at the bottom, Cubs and Brewers at the top. I mean, Cardinals and Brewers at the top, and Cubs in the middle. Thanks again for listening to another edition of the MLB Preview. This was the NL Central. Get your podcast anywhere on the radar, Apple, Google, or Spotify, on the radar, media.com, on the Retain blog, Facebook page. For radar, for radar, I'm radar for on the radar. This was the 2023 NL Preview of the NL Central. See you guys next time.